Hello everybody. Welcome. Thank you for joining me on this Sunday morning broadcast. As you know, we are not having live church service because I really felt in my heart that <clears throat> I needed to respond to a request from our president to be a responsible manager of uh, indoor events and it was an opportunity for us at this time of the year to sow a seed into having influence and having opportunity to have to speak into government um, based on responsibility, not based on confrontation. And uh, th there may be some other ministers of the gospel that would have a different perspective on what I'm doing, uh, but this is what the Lord showed me to do. And before I get into my message, I just want to uh, uh, speak about that for a minute. Uh, there are times in our Christian walk when you are under assault, you're under assault and you have to stand your ground spiritually and you have to put on the armor of God and you have to stand with all the armor of righteousness, truth, peace and with the sword of the spirit, shield of faith, helmet of salvation and you've got to stand your ground and the Bible says there having done all to stand, stand and certainly over the last almost uh, two years, it's about 20 months now or 21 months, as a church we have had to stand because there has been an assault on, our, on the people's lives in that have been in the ministry, there's been assault on people's e economics, their economic well-being, on their health on many different levels, family life, relationship, there's been an assault. I thank God that as a ministry, as a church, as, an, as a ministry we have stood strong not only have we stood strong, but we've taken the fight to the devil. The Bible says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. And so the forces of darkness is what we are fighting against, not flesh and blood. So my fight is not with, my fight is not with the flesh and blood people that run our government. It's, it's with the rulers of darkness that want to use government to shut down the church. Uh, so there is this whole question that has been very strong in the church's mind. Do we comply with government orders or do we not comply with the government orders? And do you have to get to a point where you make a stand because only the church is targeted or everybody else is targeted? And uh, so we, we've been very consistent in the way that we've approached things. We've, uh, we've worked with the government. We've made sure that we've We've uh, done as much social distancing and recording of data and any, when we've been able, been able to have meetings, we've, we've done what we could. We are now in an opportunity where no lockdown levels have changed, but the, gov but the, the, the president has made a request that we act responsibly. So this gives me an opportunity and gives us as a ministry an opportunity to no longer have to make a stand. Now we have an opportunity to sow a seed. And in this particular instance, we, instance, we are sowing a seed and saying we are going to close the ministry for three weeks under his request in a time when there's normally an escalation of people coming together, Christmas services, New Year, serv New Year services, gatherings, all kinds of things happening. And we're going, to, we're going to close that down and go digital. 
I'm trusting for a great harvest of influence with our local government. I'm, in, I'm trusting God for a, a harvest of the words that will get out that will infl influence and impact other church leaders, that we don't always have to be hostile to government, but that we, that we can sow seed in partnering with government, looking for God's solutions in our nation. It gives me uh, an added bonus at this point in time that um, as a ministry we can reset some things and we can make sure that we are ready for big and bold version 2 in 22. We can spiritually prepare for the open hand of God that is prepared, that is ministering to us right now in a season when the world is failing, the church is rising. And certainly in our ministry, we've experienced that all throughout the whole of COVID. From two months through three months before COVID, God started to speak to us, told us to get ready. We didn't realize it was COVID, but we, to get ready for 24, uh, um, four times a day, ministering to people on a digital platform. We invested in cameras, we invested in studios, we invested in many things. And so when COVID came, we were ready. So praise God, he's, he's led us and He's guided us all this way. And for this December, I believe this is a significant moment. Already we are having breakthroughs in our local government where we are able to get and achieve some things for the, to do things in our local government that uh, would under normal circumstances seem impossible that we could have such favor with the local government. But just in this last week, we've had it most amazing breakthroughs and opportunities have come our way. I, I believe already it's our seed working here in, in the Emelachleni area. And uh, I believe the same is going to be happening in the Johannesburg campus. So praise the Lord. I'm delighted that you would join me on, on, uh, on the digital platform and you'll join me with your faith that the seed that we are sowing goes a long way to increasing our influence. When you get back to, when you get back to church and when we get together again, um, we'll be sharing some things with you. Um, and we would have already been experiencing the favor of God over the Christmas and New Year period of the influence that we have with the local government. So that's just marvelous. It's wonderful. I'm going to read to you out of the scripture today. I'm going to read to you from um, Mark, uh, sorry, Matthew chapter 20, verse 17. Now Jesus going up to Jerusalem, this is the New King James Version, took his twelve disciples aside on the road and said to them, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will, betrayed, will be betrayed to the chief priests, and to the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him to the Gentiles to mock and to scourge and to crucify. And the third day he will rise again. This is part of my series that I've been ministering that the Lord has, has been placing on my heart. And I'm just the vessel and the, and the vehicle that God would minister this message through. And before I go any further, I just want to proclaim that your hearts are open to and ready to receive the word. You have ears to hear and your mind is free of distractions. And right now where you are watching and, and, and 
receiving this message. I, tr I pray that it's not distractions that will keep taking you away from the message, that you'll remain focused and listen to what God is saying because truly this is meat and drink for your life. This is the things, these are the things that change your life. It's an interesting thing that Jesus is walking on the road to Jerusalem and he takes them on the side of the road and he has this very significant conversation with them and he says, I'm going to die. And it's going to start with, with the Hebrew people. They're going to hand me over to the Gentiles and they're going to crucify me. But on the third day, I will rise again. And this is part of the resurrection, the power in the resurrection life of Jesus Christ. I want you to note something, that in this instance, he's already proclaiming and he's speaking ahead of time the thing that will happen, that he will be put to death, but on the third day, he will rise again. That is a most incredible phenomenon in human history, in, in ever in, 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 in the universe, that God himself would choose to have a human vessel to live in so that he can die in the human vessel illegally and that he could save all of mankind. I want you to notice what happens and permit me to just teach you on this for a moment. Then the mother of, the, of Zebedee's sons come to him came to him with her sons, kneeling down and asking something from him. And he said to her, What do you wish? She said to him, Grant that these two sons of mine may sit on your right hand and the other on the left on your, in your kingdom. But Jesus answered and said, Do you not know what you you ask, you do not know what you ask, are you able to drink the cup that I am about to drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They said to him, we are able. Before I go into the rest of the scripture, I want you to notice that what's happening here is Jesus is confiding in his disciples and he's telling them about the most significant event that is about to happen in the history of mankind. I want to say in the universe, since Adam gave up his, his authority on the earth. And that is that Jesus is about to die and that he's about to be raised from the dead. It's interesting to me that in this most significant time, there are people that are very close to Jesus and all they are concerned about is about that they get the highest level of honor in, uh, in the kingdom. Not knowing what that kingdom is going to look like, presuming actually that the kingdom is going to be uh, a kingdom on the earth. And so this mother comes and asks if her sons can sit on his right hand and on his left hand, meaning they will occupy the highest honor, 
they will occupy this place of highest privilege and highest status in the kingdom of God that was about to be established through Jesus. She and they are thinking that the kingdom is about to overthrow the Roman Empire, that the kingdom is about to be something that is natural and, and that, that they are about to have their opportunity at rulership in the earth. Again, we are confronted with everything that Jesus says. We are confronted. We can look at words that he says and we can apply them to our lives and we can say, uh, I choose to see how I can benefit from his words naturally and I can try and position myself to get the most out of his words as I understand them to get them out of most out of them naturally. But God is not requiring that of us. He's not asking us to position ourselves. He's not, trying, he's not asking us to promote ourselves. Neither is He asking us to try and have insights into what might be happening into the kingdom of God next. He answers them um, in a very, in a very uh, spiritual way. And He says, Are you able to drink this cup and be baptized into the baptism that I'm about to be? And they said, we are able, and notice his response. So he said to them, you will indeed drink my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit on my right hand and on my left hand is not mine to give, but it is for those for whom it is prepared by my Father. So Jesus is, is I'm, I'm going to keep reading this passage of Scripture in a minute, but Jesus answers them with, with, an, eternal, with an eternal response because He knows that eternally His kingdom is going to be Him sitting on the right hand of the Father. And there is no one that could sit on His left hand and whatever is on His right hand and beyond that is always going to be up to the Father, not up to the Son. And they think that it's a natural kingdom. He's always talk, he's talking about a spiritual kingdom. But I want to address this moment, this other component of what he says here. He says, do you, uh, you do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I'm about to drink and be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with? And they say, I am able, we are able. And he says, you will indeed drink my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with. And here is the point of our Christian being and the resurrection, the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. When you receive Jesus into, into your life and you ask Him to become the Lord and Savior of your life, there are two things that happen to you. You identify with Him as Lord. You identify with Him as Savior. And when you identify with Him as Lord and Savior, you immediately drink the cup. You drink of the knowledge that He is the one that died. He is the one that has been raised again by God the Father. You drink that and that is why the Bible says we, when you take communion, you, you drink of my cup and you eat of my flesh. And you remember me until 
until, in the Lord's death until I come again. And so that's why we have communion. We continue to remember that we are baptized into His body and we receive life from His body. So that's why people get baptized in water. And I don't want to go into the whole teaching of baptism right now, but the whole reason for us baptizing people in water is we baptize people in the water because we identify with Him in His death as people go under the water. And that is an, it's just a symbol, but it's a very powerful obedience. It's a symbol of baptism into His death and then a, and, and, and a baptism into the resurrection. As you come up out of the water, you recognize Him in resurrection life. And so when He came into the resurrection life, He received a whole new status. He received a new body that He could live in. He received a new authority and a new power. And so it is when we get baptized in water. If you have the faith and you understand the power of that baptism, you can say, I take all of my habits, all of my patterns, all of my bad things that have, I've done in my life, and I bury them with Jesus. And then when I'm resurrected again, and I come up out of the water and I'm resurrected, I identify with the freedom that death and all of the death patterns and all of the things that were in my body no longer can control me, no longer do they own me, no, no longer do I have no power over them. In fact, I have all power over all of the things that my body has tried to keep a hold and, and, and keep me down. It's a very powerful moment when we do this. And uh, we're going to start off in the new year, we are going to start off uh, by having a baptism, a ba baptism service and we're going, to, we're going to set a date and we are going to do some teaching and on the leading and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit we are going to have a wonderful God-ordained supernatural opportunity for God to come in amongst us and we are going to do uh, a, a baptism service and we're going to find a way and an opportunity that people that have even been baptized before after we've done teaching on the death and the resurrection and the power of the resurrected life of Christ, we're going to find a way that even people that have been baptized in water before, they may want to be baptized again as, a, as an identity and a symbol of saying, I died, I died with Christ and I'm resurrected with Him. And I live a new life, I live, a new, I live in a new kingdom, I live in a new authority. I want to just bring it back to the human side of things. Uh, verse 24, And when the other ten disciples heard it, they were greatly displeased with the two brothers. But Jesus called them to Himself. So obviously there's a bit of politics going on here now in the twelve disciples because two of them got their mother involved and the mother came and she asked Jesus a favor. Can they sit at your right hand and the left hand? And there's politics. Shocking. Politics in church. Listen, where there's more than one person anywhere in the world, there's going to be politics. It just is the way it is. One person wants to do one thing, another person wants to do another thing, and wherever their agendas don't meet, they're going to try and make their agenda work for themselves as best as possible. Otherwise known as politicking. And it's very basic level. I have an agenda, 
I want you to listen to do my agenda. You want me to do your agenda. So we have a debate. We have a conversation. We see if we can get a compromise. Politics. So, Jesus doesn't allow it. He calls all of the disciples to himself. And he says, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over people. So governments, kings, all nations, Gentiles lord it over them. And those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. In other words, stop this nonsense of who's going to be the head, who's going to be the people with the highest status, with the most authority, with the best position. Stop this nonsense. It shall not be like that among you. Yet it shall not so be among you, but whoever desires to become great among you, do you want to be great? Let him be your servant. In other words, if you want to be great in the kingdom of God, be a servant. Serving in the kingdom of God makes you great. Not position and status. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Right there and then, Jesus is doing two things. The two sons that came and said, can we be at your right or your left? He's teaching them and he's telling them, if you want something from my father, I can't give you a position. But if you're wanting something from my father, you must serve your brothers. These 10 brothers that you try to get the jump on to say, we want the best position. Now I'm telling you, serve them. Be a slave to them. If you want that position so badly, be a slave to them, as it were. Serve them so completely that you almost are like a slave to them. And to the other 10 that were most displeased and unhappy with what this politicking had done, he's putting them in the proper order too. Well, okay, you don't want them to get the position? Be a servant to them. Be a slave, as it were, to each other. Because the world will never operate that way. The world, the Gentiles, the rulers, those who exercise authority, their whole deal is get, make the most out of every advantage and use whatever power you can get. Whatever authority you have, use people's resources to make you wealthy. And govern people and lord it over them and use your power over them. And now, finally, I close with this last verse that says in verse 28, Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, Disciples, I didn't come here for you to serve me. I came here and you have come to be my disciples so that I can teach you. I didn't ask you to come and serve me. I invited you so that I could come and teach you. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. So he came to show his disciples and all of humanity the will of the Father, and he loved them. He came to heal them. He came to feed them. He came to give them life. He came to teach them and show them the true way of the Father, which is not to be found in church buildings, in synagogues, in ceremonial things. It's, come, it's in relationship. It's in personal, deep, intimate relationship. That's what he came to serve them with. And so he says, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life 
a ransom for many. That's the ultimate that you can give, to give your life. And in the case of Jesus, he gave his life, <coughs> excuse me, he gave his human life so that he, he could pay the ransom that all humanity could be free from the control of all of the forces, all of the darkness, all of the evil forces that want to dominate mankind, control mankind through governments, through ideologies, through economics, through abuse, through uh, many, many things that are, that are unfortunately there for us to see in our modern day society through all kinds of uh, um, uh, networks and devices and television and we see images and we hear stories all day of, the, of governmental abuses, economic abuses, substance abuses, just brutal, violent, cruel things that happen to people. That is not the will of God. Jesus didn't come uh, to make that happen on the earth. He came to save the earth from that. Here's the key thing. We, as the church, are the ones that need to bring salvation to those people. How? We need to serve like Jesus served. We need to come and bring the resurrected power, the life of Christ that is in us. We need to bring it to people. And so we need to be prepared to die to ourselves and become servants, slaves as it were, to everyone around us so that we can bring life to the many that require life. Well, I trust that uh, as we go into the new year and uh, um, after the new year's service, I will be teaching on more about the baptism of water and, and then we will do a baptismal service. I believe that as we go and we do a baptism service in, 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 the, in the month of January, hopefully we can get it done in the month of January. If we, if we do that, whenever that time is, I'm going, to, I'm going to call for a time of fasting and praying right before we do that because I'm expecting a miracle. I'm expecting healing miracles. I'm expecting deliverance miracles. I'm expecting the, 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 the resurrected life and the power of Christ that raised Jesus from the dead. That resurrection life of the Father that raised Jesus from the dead. That as people come up out of the water, they will be touched by the presence of the Most High God. The anointing of God will come upon them and great things are going to happen as God manifests Himself amongst us in the great, wonderful, amazing God that He is personally to you and me. So I just want to pray for you as I close the service today. And uh, I pray that you, whatever you're doing, you go in peace. If you're traveling somewhere, you're going on leave, I pray that you're protected and no weapon formed against you prospers. I pray that even as you're listening to this message today and the rest of your week, you will meditate, consider, and, and do your own studies. Go to the book of Romans. That's the best place to go and read about baptism. Uh, I ask you, meditate on it. Consider what the Lord would have you to do. And I pray that this message that I've preached it finds a root in your heart and grows. It, and in your, your mind doesn't come filled with all many questions that you don't have answers for. That those things are quiet and that you just have a peace and a rest and a joy in God 
and that as you come back back into your normal life, let's say your normal life, um, that you will pick up the momentum spiritually. You won't leave your spiritual momentum behind in favor of a boat ride, a run, a cycle, lying in the sun, reading a novel, whatever it is that you want to do over this time. You won't leave your spirituality behind, but you will keep your spirit man strong. Yes, by all means, enjoy yourself and, and take a rest and be productive in your rest. But at the same time, keep your spirit man strong. Thank you for joining me on this Sunday. Enjoy the sound and song blessing that we have for you. Thank you and God bless you. <music>